in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tags podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we are all basketball all the time here at TNT. Uh, we're, I mean, we're entrenched. It is January. We're entrenched on the basketball side, both men and women. So because of that, if we're going to preview both or preview and recap both sides, I got to bring my girl that is Kenzie Garcia on the pod to talk both sides with me. What's up, Kenz? What's going on, Albie? It is it is the highs and lows of conference basketball. It just it, it strains my blood pressure. I can't handle it. And it's we're just getting started. Well, I mean, really, it's because the Big 12 is ridiculously tough on both men and women, right? Like, Big 12 has been the best conference in college basketball on the men's side for quite a while. And though the SEC is kind of still reign supreme on the women's side, um, this is one of the strongest conference years the Big 12 has had on the women's side in in a while. There's at least six tournament teams in this conference, if not seven. It's been as chaotic as I think it's it's ever been. I mean, I think... In the previous years, you could kind of count on like, oh, well, here, you know, maybe one or two top 10 upsets in the conference. And it's just happening left and right. There were two in the first week of conference play. So it's been crazy on the women's side this year. Unfortunately, there was an upset as we're recording this. We're recording this uh, Wednesday night and there was an upset on our side. And it was Texas Tech losing in Fort Worth to the worst team in the conference. That is the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh an absolute killer of a game. This is a game that Tech were five point fa- five point favorites on the road because that kind of tells you just how bad TCU is. Like, it's not a good team by any stretch of the imagination. They were we were just talking pre pod how they were just happy to get a W. Like this is oh my goodness. And on a heartbreaking heartbreak ending, uh, Tech in this game really held the lead for the majority of the game. It was pretty close, but Tech had. TCU at an arm's length throughout the game, had a two-point lead with less than 10 seconds to go. Uh, and off of a good deflection, the ball kind of rolls out to the corner. And TCU, and I can't even, I, I, I got to even look up her name, but it just picks up the ball, shoots it, it goes in, and Tech loses by a point. I mean, what is your initial reactions? As Like I said, this game just ended 15 minutes ago. What is your initial reaction to this loss? I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty somber. It stinks, especially after almost having a chance to win it. But I mean, the girl who who shot that three, she was over eight, over eight in her last three attempts. And it's just it, it, it's freak luck. The basketball gods didn't want us to win this game. Like you said, TCU is not a good team. This is a team that has lost some really bad games this year. I mean, to some weird schools. So this felt like a moment where, OK, we figured it out against Kansas State. Let's carry it into a, a, a game that we should win and we can start stringing them together. And I, I hate to see that this happened. Yeah. Asia Holmes. I didn't want to I didn't want to not say her name because she she made a huge three pointer. It missed the pre- like Kenzie said, it missed the previous eight three pointers she had made uh, or, or had taken. And, and so she she got the game winning shot. So, you know, uh, but to, to kind of rally off some of the teams of this this. TCU team has lost to. They've lost to uh, Tulane. They've lost to Southeastern Louisiana. And they've lost to uh, California Baptist. Not good. And SMU. <laughs> I mean, not good. And SMU. Yeah, this is uh, this is just not a good. Actually, they got blown out by California Baptist. <laughs> this is not a good. This is not a good. And, and actually, sorry, excuse me. They did not lose to Southeast Louisiana. So there's that. But 
this is a team that the only other conference win they've had this year was a one-point win over Oklahoma State. Now, mind you, Oklahoma State, some people think of this as the second-worst team in the conference. Want to know who else lost to Oklahoma State? Your Texas Tech Red Raiders. So it seems like we're only able to beat top 25 teams. I mean, it, it's fun to watch them beat top 25 teams, but then it's probably double or triple the frustration to watch them go out and play a team like TCU or Oklahoma State that they should beat. And then there's just nothing's there. Nothing's clicking. It's it's crazy. So in this game, really back to back incredible games for Hattie Faye. She played great. She had 18 points, nine rebounds in this. Kayla Thomas also had 10 points, 11 rebounds, but she had she if she would have had 12 points, Texas Tech wins this game with 0.4 seconds to go in the game. Krista, Krista Gerlich, or Coach Gerlich, an absolutely fantastic inbounds play. 0.4 seconds on the clock, finds a way to get Taylor Thomas streaking towards the basket. Great pass in uh, from Gerlich right to Thomas. She has the ball right by the rim, puts it up, but TCU put something on the rim. I, I don't know what they did, but that ball looked every bit of going in, rims out, and we lose the game. Uh, both of those two players, though, did have really good games in this one, but there were two people we were talking pre-pod very frustrating and first being Bryn Gerlich second being Vivian Gray yeah I mean I think the thing that's that's kind of driving me the most nuts about Viv right now is that we know she's a great shooter we know she's a talented player but she's kind of just she's forcing it she's being too wild with some of these shots she we know she's good mid-range she knows her spots and instead she's taking these like kind of contested weird bodied shots and and also three three pointers that's that's not that's not your game hun don't shoot that ball just kick it just kick it to someone else but i mean in the last game against kansas state she was killing it she shot 50 percent, 11 for 22 if you're going to have that kind of volume you can't only make four shots because you're not going to win for sure for sure. so let's i mean let's get into that kansas state game so it's not all doom and gloom on tnt texas tech late women's basketball team just came off of a really good victory over the 25th ranked Kansas State Wildcats, a game where it was never in doubt. They didn't just beat them. They beat them like they stole something. They they were up 16 after the first quarter, and it was never close. From the very from the beginning to the end, let's see, Texas, the win probability, I'm looking at ESPN right now, the win probability of this game, Kansas State came into the game with a 68% chance to win the game. Less than five minutes into the game, Tech took the – had the uh, probability of winning the game. And then after the uh, right into the second quarter, it went to 90%, just like that. Tech is up almost 20. And the game is virtually over. Like in the second quarter, the game was over. That's how great this team played. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I think on paper was a matchup that we could win. I kind of felt the same way about the Ole Miss game because it was just going all through Shakira Austin. Same thing with Kansas State. Everything goes through Ayoka Lee. And Hattie Faye, I mean... She was doing everything right. If she if Ayoka Lee could even catch the ball, I mean, Hattie Faye had like was it like five steals. She was getting in front of every pass, which was fantastic. But if she did catch the ball, she was all over her. Sometimes she got it in. She still had 12 points. That's a decent night. But she also had help defense flustering her. It was hell in the paint for Ayoka Lee all game long. And that that was largely the reason they won this game. Yeah, Hattie Faye had five steals the entire Kansas State Wildcat basketball team had five had three steals so so that tells you she was incredible in this one and though tonight viv gray didn't have a great game against k-state she had a fantastic game one of the best games of the year uh, she put up 23 and 8 
Yeah, I mean, that that's the Vivian Gray that's going to have to show up if if we're going to win conference games. And, you know, there were some other things that happened. Notably, they took care of the basketball. They only had four turnovers in the first half. And I mean, they were up by like 18 and they turned it over a little bit more in the second half, but still like I think gained a point. So that that's something that I've been harping on and harping on. And even tonight against TCU, they took care of the ball. They just weren't getting the shots down. Yeah. And then last, before we stop talking about this one, I do got to point out my girl, Brittany Gerlich, did have 16 points in this game. 16-5-5, and five, a really well-rounded game for her in this one. I just, again, we beat the first purple team, but it seems like we kind of had opposite day uh, against TCU, right? Brennan Viv had great games against Kansas State, couldn't real back-to-back good games. And Taylor Thomas didn't have a good game here against K-State, but they had a great game against TCU. And so it was kind of, a, it was pretty interesting seeing that juxtaposition between the two games, the only constant was really Hattie Faye, who's really starting to come on. She's really starting to kind of get an identity. And, and, and re- I mean, I think at this point, she is our starting center. We've kind of gone back and forth about who the starting center should be. It's Hattie Faye at this mo- at this moment in time. But we we just, like you said, Tech really needs to find a way to string Ws together. They have not had a winning streak uh, since the Van Chancellor Classic. That was, you know, that was back in November. Yeah, and and I said that for this team to to win 18 games way back in the in the preview pod, everything had to click. Everyone had to be healthy. And it, it just I mean, I think that we've played two games with like a full strength roster. I mean, even tonight against TCU, you no know, Lexi Hightower, she got hurt after she took a fall in the Kansas State game. No Shantae Embry. I mean, there were only seven people that played tonight. So it's it's just tough. It's tough to get into a flow, I think, when you're dealing with all these nagging injuries and you're dealing with COVID and all these other things. It's just difficult to get into that flow, and we're seeing it with this team. Yeah. For us to get to the 18 wins that you had landmarked, Tech is going to have to go 9-3 and three throughout the rest of the year. And unfortunately... It ain't happening. Unfortunately, Kenzie, only six of those games are against ranked teams. Remember, this team only beats ranked teams. We will lose to every unranked team, but apparently, if you're ranked... You'll take that L against Tech. That's <laughs> that is uh, this team is it's kind of baffling. Their last, um, let's see here, their last four games against unranked opponents all in the conference have been L's. Yet the last two games they've had against ranked opponents have been W's, and not just W's. They've been blowouts. It's it's, it's really weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that I, you know I said they needed to take care of like teams five through ten or five through nine if they wanted to have a shot to to get out of that nine spot that they were voted in. And I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I don't think they can. It's, it's Not unless they're healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's what a big piece of it is that this team really does. I mean, we saw the men's side that, that they had to come together on the men's side when they were going through this stretch. And it's just, it's, it's just the women's turn. It's just the women's turn to really come through with it, but it's a little bit more difficulty on, on that side. It, again, against, Outside of TCU, listen, this is just not a good TCU team. But outside of TCU, tough Big 12 competition. So um, one thing that is not tough is the grills at Gridiron Gridiron Grill work. Dang, that was going to be such a great transition. And then I I got tongue-tied. Anyways, uh, Gridiron Grill works. I had some of the best stuff uh, when it comes to Texas Tech logoed grills i mean we got they got flower pots they got the grills they got uh 
Uh, we have some spatulas, Texas Tech uh, emblem spatulas. I know that actually, and, and this was before I even knew about Gridiron Girlworks, my, my wife, she got me the Texas Tech spatula like a year ago for Christmas. And I loved it. It was fantastic. If we only would have known that we could get it 15% cheaper by taking the promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, we'd have been able to, she'd have been able to save us some money, right? So be better than us. Be better than us and use that promo code that is T-A-K-E-S-1-2, TAKES12, a gridiron girl works to get the best in outdoor Texas Tech stuff, especially as we are, even though we're in January, we're about to head into spring here pretty soon. Get it now while you can. Get it now before everybody else does. So again, that is promo code T-A-K-E-S-1-2 with Gridiron Grill Works. Uh, so with that, let's switch over to the men's side who had completely opposite results. Now, the men also played Kansas State in Manhattan, and that did not go well. I, um, I predicted it. I predicted it. And mind you, I Kenzie, I predicted it. And you and Jeremy la- were, you know, you said, ah, Albie, you're off your rocker. There's no way Tech's losing this game. It just can, won't happen. K-State's not up to par. And the main reason, like I was saying before, is just the team had played four, three games in five days, four games in eight days, five games in 10 days. They were exhausted, and they looked exhausted in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said it in the group chat. I kind of wish they would have just game-planned it a little bit better. So, like, I mean, Bryson Williams was playing like he was – unaffected by everything he was like iron man out there and everybody else it was kind of like these crazy drives Nadolny took a lot of crazy drives mcculler was taking some weird shots i kind of wish they would have just simplified the game plan just to try and maximize it because they were definitely in it there for about 30 minutes but as soon as i got to that final 10 minutes like you could just see the gas tank was on empty Oh, absolutely. They, they just ran out of fuel. That last 10 minutes, the game, like you said, the game was back and forth the whole time. And back and forth of really ugly basketball. Let me tell you. <laughs> Tech, we play ugly basketball in general. This game was another. It was not pretty. Not good for, um, from either side, of course. But those last 10 minutes, yeah. They the, absolutely ran out of gas. And it, like they were settling for jump shots. Adonis Arms had one of his worst shooting games he's had in a while. Uh, uh, Kevin McCuller, uh, same thing for him. It just it, it, You could tell how tired everybody was, but you brought up a really good point is that we should have went to the bench more. Buzo, Agbo, KJ Lewis, they just chilling. Right. And I get that they're not necessarily in the everyday rotation. I understand that that's fine, but that's why you have the depth that you have for games like this. Let Daniel Bacho play more. He only played seven minutes in this game, right? Let him play more minutes. Let guys like Agbo play. Let guys like, hell, I would have been okay if Austin Temperman played, right? Give these guys more minutes because a game like this, is a great chance to give these guys more minutes when it's obvious some certain players like like Kevin O'Banner over three because his legs get were given out right Adonis Arms over three from three his legs were given out right giving these guys some uh, really a breather is would have been really valuable in this game. Yeah, I mean, when you shoot twenty three percent from three, it's it's usually not going to go well. But like you said, I mean, I know Buzo hasn't been really on top of it with the three ball, but I would have rather seen him out there trying to shoot the ball with with fresh legs instead of just running these guys into the ground. And, and I, I think I was expecting a little more from, from Terrence Shannon. He just, he didn't look like he was quite with it yet. He was a little bit slow, didn't look super confident. So everything that I think could go wrong, did go wrong in this game. 
I, I think Terrence, uh, TJ was a combination of two things. One, he was obviously still hurt. I mean, it was his first time out there. Back injuries are tough. They're really, a back spasm like that is, is really tough because it affects your whole body. And so you're getting your body really back and not only into getting used to playing again, but you're also trying to keep it warm. You don't want to give yourself too much. Like sometimes we saw uh, uh, sprints where he's just going down the court and he's every bit athletic as the Terrence Shannon that we know. And then other times he's slowing down because it's not the sprints that are the problem. It's when you're idling. It's when you're you're jogging. It's when you're not doing all the the the, the, the exertion. So it's I think this was really his first game to to really get the body back. And I, and I think it would have been, I think we expected a little bit too much from him in this game, right? Because this is just not the game. And, and he expected a little too much from himself. And I mean, I get it. After the game, he said the loss was on him. It wasn't on him at all. You know, this was, that's it, it, it's very similar to Kevin McCullough's first halfback. Remember Kevin McCullough's first halfback against Baylor? He didn't look great. But, you know, it just, he, he warmed up in the second half and got going. And we, we didn't necessarily see that from TJ, but back spasms are a different beast. Um, I will say in this game, Tech does a great job, and we've said this many times, of taking your best player and minimizing him. Nigel Pack was the leading scorer for Kansas State, and he did put up 14 points, but he, he was extremely inefficient. He played exactly into our hands. Unfortunately, the uh, other thing we say a lot of the times is that though we may minimize your best player, an unknown guy may step up. And for them, that was McGurl. Uh, McGurl was Mike McGurl, his three pointer. And the second half was like eight minutes to go or whatever the time was. That was the dagger. That was the dagger for, actually, I think it was like six minutes ago. That was the dagger from way out. Like that moment, I don't want to say the game was over, but that's what opened the floodgates. He had 10 points in this game, and he's a guy that only averages six. So he was kind of their unsung hero, a huge three-pointer from him. And, And not just him, another guy that came up big was Mark Smith. And so those were kind of some of the unsung guys, especially in the second half that was able to pull it away for Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, I think on top of that, you're just it, that moment. I remember this that McGurl three. It felt deflating, even as like a fan. It felt deflating, and then you could just see the energy just kind of go down a couple points. And it was already it was already trending downwards at that point. But that moment really felt like kind of a turn in the game. And then just another thing that this team did not do well was turnovers. I mean, they had 18 turnovers. Like I said, there were just some crazy drives to the basket. There wasn't or some passes that went out of bounds. It's just it was just one of those days that you have to show up and play, but you could just tell it was it was not our night. One great. But Texas Tech came back. The men's team came back uh this time going up again at home against the ranked opponent. Now they got a couple days. They had a couple days to chill, relax, sleep right? <laughs> Get their bodies right. And then Tuesday night, they went out at home in front of an incredible crowd. Best crowd of the year, no no doubt. Swag Surf was back, even though, listen, if you're going to swag, if you listen to this, you got Tech, you got the home game, you go Swag Surf, you got to do the slow buildup. Shout out to the Palm Squad, because the Palm Squad actually did it correctly. Go back and watch the video, Ken's. The Palm Squad, they do the slow buildup, right? Slowly side to side. And then when the beat drop is when you hit it. But anyways, besides that, <laughs> incredible atmosphere against Iowa State and really propelled the team to victory. I mean, I I think that Bryson Williams is like finally on the scene. Like, I think he went through that little slump in Kansas. Like, he knew this was his game. He bossed him last year, and he has not stopped moving. And then on top of that, Kevin O'Banner came back. And, I mean, he, I, I think we've said it like a hundred times on this podcast, but like his three ball, eh. But down low, he is unbelievable down low. 
he has turned, he's our best rebounder. I'm not going to say turned into. He's our best rebounder, offensively and defensively. He's our best rebounder. And actually, now I'm at the point where, bro, if you ain't in that corner shooting threes, get into the post. Because his post game was, was, was impressive in this one, too. Like, like this is, I, I, we've talked about it. Both him and Bryson Williams, you talked about it. You, weren't, you didn't come here to be role players. You, we did not recruit you here to be role players. Take over. And they've started to. Like, I really think it's a lot of, and we talked it early in the season, it's a lot of both of those guys really trying to get comfortable in the system. Really trying to learn. Bryson Williams said he came to Texas Tech because he wanted to learn defense. He could have easily went with his former head coach at UTEP and went to Texas. But he wanted to learn how to play defense. Well, now, you, you, now you've been on, in the program for almost three months. Or playing basketball for, with Mark Adams for almost three months now. You're part of the program. You're entrenched. You are a Red Raider. And I think now for both of them, it's and for Davion Warren, who also had a decent game in this one. It's okay. Now we're here. We understand the culture. We understand everything that goes on here. Now let's put our imprint in it. And those were our three leading scores. Yeah, I mean, you you can't say enough about the impact that these transfers are making. But not only are they making an impact, like you said, they're ingrained into the culture, and it's it's starting to take off. I think you could see early in the year they were just really unfamiliar. They were still trying to learn how to play defense. It's getting a little scary, and I know that it it didn't look good against Kansas State, but everybody was exhausted. It is what it is. This team is played at full strength against Iowa State, and the score is closer than it looked. I mean, this <laughs> should have been twenty five points. They just Easily. got some some trash time points. Oh, yeah, this game was a blowout. This game was, and 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 so in the lost episode <laughs> that we did that that uh, Dylan and I did record, but we ended up getting lost. I did. One thing I, 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 I thought I thought previously before this game that Tech would win this game in double, by double digits uh, because it's very similar to the game that we had against in Ames. But this time it's at home. We're at full strength. And there's guys like a Kevin McCullough, like a Terrence Shannon that I would say didn't see last time. So they didn't get the pleasure of coming back the second time. Right? Tech has all the advantage at that point. We know what Isaiah Brockington can do. We know what what Gaucher can do. We know what some of these guys can do. They don't know what our guys can, our, our top dogs can do. But funny enough, Shannon and McCullough, I mean, they played okay, but they, they weren't the ones that showed out. The guys that were actually here last time were the ones that showed out. And But Tech, they they were, it was funny. The, Tech was up by three at halftime, 26-23. And I remember thinking to myself, that was an awful half. Like, Tech played terribly. Tech played like, like a wreck, uh, like they were playing in the wreck. They did not play well at all. And we're still winning. And I'm like, if Tech gets, if Tech plays better in the second half, it's scary hours. And sure enough, them boys put up almost 50 in the second half. It was scary hours. And like you said, this could have easily been a 25, 30 point blowout had they kept a foot on the on the gas. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I would be terrified if I'm an opponent in the NCAA tournament just purely because of is this offense going to show up or not? Because if this offense shows up, it's going to be a long night for you. And sure, we we get into these rock fights like 26-23 and the last game against Iowa State, 51-47. I don't think any of these other teams that are not in the Big 12, they're not going to want to get in a rock fight because they're not going to win those things. And if the offense shows up, they're not going to win either. This is a team with a little bit of potential, Albie. Uh, it's, I will say this. We, I mean, li- listen... I, at the beginning of the year, I, I tried my best. And I, I do this a lot, but I temper expectations. You know, everybody is, and I know I'm going to do it but next year for football season because some of y'all have kind of gone off the rails. Um, but it's I temper expectations. I, I said at the beginning of the season, this is a, a new team. We have a lot of new players, a new head coach. 
right? Like, I, I know Mark Adams has been here, but the, the staff is gone. Like, I still think we're going to be a good team. We'll still make the tournament, but like, let's temper expectations a little bit. And I said a lot of that at the beginning of the season. You know what I'm saying now? F all that. Forget all that. No, don't temper expectations whatsoever. This is a team that's good enough to win the conference. This is a team. It's no longer the, the, the there's no longer a team that can play steady, work their way to a six C, have a couple upsets here or there. That's the team that I thought we had initially. That's the team that I said, okay, well, this team could beat Kansas at home and and might even, you know, give give uh, uh Baylor a a, a nice fight when, like, when they come back in February at home and they may be able to do this and that. And th- that, that's not a, that's not, that's not this team anymore. This team is a team that is going to really put the rest of the conference and the country on notice. They can beat anyone. Like I'm even looking back at the Gonzaga game. The Gonzaga game is the only game we've played this year that I, that I felt in the game. We were not the better team. I now look at that Gonzaga game and say, you know what? If, they, if we played them now, it's a, it might be a different story. Like, I, there's not a team that fears me anymore. It's not Baylor. It's not Kansas. Like, this team is now, I mean, we have, we suffered a bad Kansas State loss. If it's not for that bad Kansas State loss, we're 5-1 and one in the conference, right? And so this is now a team. We're only a half game, we're only a, a half game back of first place. And first place is a team we've already beaten in Kansas, right? We're tied with Baylor for second. This is a team that has everything in front of them. We, we, we even... We even got, you know, national types like John Rothstein showing us respect. And Jeff Goodman's just a pansy. That's the only reason why he's not showing any respect. But uh, <laughs> it's 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 pretty amazing, right? Like, this team is incredible. And they, they there's every team. Sean Miller actually was just on a, a podcast that I was listening to the other day. And he was talking about it. And, and the identity is there. The culture is there. And they can beat anyone. They're not scared of anyone. It's every single person on the team has a chip on their shoulder as they're, they're all guys. Everybody loves the Adonis on story. And the fact that he had no, you know, you know, scholar uh, offers anywhere, not even D one, D two, nothing out of high school. We don't talk about Davion Warren's story. He didn't have any D one offers out of high school. Right. We don't talk about Kevin O'Banner's story. We don't talk about Bryson Williams story. Like all these guys have stories about being unsung guys, all of them, right? And so, hell, even the guys that stayed, even the guys like Kevin McCullough and TJ Shannon that were decent recruits, these are guys that, you know, their coach left them, <laughs> right? These are guys that that uh, they all have that chip on their shoulder, and it's something that no other team in the conference, no other top team in the conference can really band together like that. I mean, you know, Baylor, y'all just won a national championship. You can't tell me you're, you can't tell me you got a chip on your shoulder when you just won a national championship. Kansas should never tell me they have chips on their shoulder. You're at Kansas. Okay. So it's, it's, it's that continuity that I really think makes this team very dangerous. And I, I've started seeing it a couple times, but some 2018 vibes to this team. Sorry, sorry, not 2018, 2019 vibes to this team. Absolutely. Uh, this is, this is, this team, they got it. I was going to, I just wanted to mention that. I no longer recognize the AP poll. Those voters showed their asses this week with that poll only moving us up one spot. Listen, they this is like football. They're just there was a bunch of blue check marks. They just look at their phone whenever their their team that they don't they don't write about plays and they're like, oh, Texas Tech lost to Kansas State. Oh, that's a bad loss. Like, how are you telling me we have wins against number one, number six, 12? I don't remember what Iowa State was at the time, but. 15 15 like this is an impressive team and you're going to move them to 18 i would put them up right now against 
any team, like you just said, any team in the country and they could win the game. It's embarrassing by the AP. Yeah, no, not a good look at all. I mean, that was a, losing at Kansas State's a Q1 win. Here's a funny thing about this um, and what could really get the Big 12. Big 12 could have eight or nine teams in the tournament. Actually, I think, yeah, the Big 12 could easily have eight or nine teams in the tournament. Oklahoma State, of course, cannot get in because of the postseason ban because the NCAA is ridiculous. But every single team in the Big 12 is ranked higher than 65. That means every road win, every road game is a Q1 game for every single team in the Big 12 at this point. Right. So that loss, actually, funny enough, that, that's because of Texas. Texas losing to Kansas State brought te- Kansas State up high enough to where winning at Kansas State or losing at Kansas State like Tech did uh, makes it a Q1 loss. That is a Q1 loss, that loss to Kansas State because they're 65 in the NET rankings. And that's what they said was, right, well, you know, we know you beat we know you beat Baylor and Baylor and we know you just mopped the floor with Oklahoma State, which is a top 50 team. but ah. Nah, you know, that loss to Kansas State, which was a Q1 loss, we're going to only move you up a spot. It was pretty, I actually think on the podcast last week, I said that it was definitely Iowa State, Texas Tech was going to be a top 15 battle, and it should have been. But uh, <laughs> I was over here thinking like, ah, oh, that loss to Kansas State, that means we're not going to be top 10. Lo and behold, silly me. One spot. One spot. That's all I have. to. I could go on about this for hours. One spot. Ugh. <laughs> Well, so Texas Tech right now, I mean, they everything's in front of them on the men's side. They're looking at the NET rankings right now. We're 14th in the country on the NET rankings of five and four for all the Q1 and Q2, for all Q1 and Q2 games. We're going to have plenty, plenty more where that came from. We still have 12 more conference games. Like I said, all of them will either be all, all road games. The remaining six road games will all be Q1. And then half, if not most, actually all but like two of the home games will also be Q1. So just nothing but blue skies and tough fights ahead of us. Uh, but I mean, this, like I said, this team, they, they got it all. And who else has it all is home field apparel. That's right. We got two ads in this episode. Home field apparel. Uh, listen, I, I constantly talk about home field apparel because it really is some of the best Texas Tech swag you can have, right? You can't get a lot. You can't get this stuff anywhere else. You can't get it at Red Raider Alfredo. You can't get it. Like Red Raider Alfredo has the old school double T. I'm, I'm recognizing that, but they don't got the, the the licensing that Home Field Apparel has. Some of the, some of the swag that they have on for Texas Tech stuff that you can get, make sure to go out and get that and get it 15% off. Other places you can't get 15% off unless you put in takes 12 T A K E S one, two as a promo code. See, it's one promo code for both ads. It makes it really easy, really simple. So make sure to get your grid iron grill work tech stuff. And then after doing that, getting 15% off of that one, you get 15% off of your home field apparel as well. And tell them that I'll be from tortillas and takes. Thank you. Put that in the comment section somewhere. I'm pretty sure you can do that. Um, so just back to what I was saying, the men's side, absolutely incredible. And they're going to continue their incredibleness, if that is a thing. Uh, they're going to continue their incredibleness this weekend, home against West Virginia. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into it too much. We, we don't have too much time to, to talk about talk about it. But West Virginia is a good team. They're a good team. They're tough. They take the, they take the identity of – they're another team that's really ingrained in culture. They take the identity of their head coach, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins always gives us a tough time. For Early in the, the Beard era, it seemed like Bob Huggins and Chris Beard the, the identities of the two or identities of the two teams took on that uh, chip on the shoulder dog mentality. And uh, it, this should be nothing different. Um, 
Give me a, a quick, quick thoughts of the game and a prediction. Well, I mean, I think this is kind of a feels like a less talented version of the Iowa State game where like we're still going to have to play well. But I mean, this is a team that doesn't shoot well from three. They shoot like 31 percent from three. Could help us pull away late based on how bad Iowa State was shooting in the second half. I mean, Taz Sherman's a, a really talented guard. I'm a little bit worried about Taz Sherman, and I also don't want to get torched by Sean McNeil from from three. There's always a white guy. There's always a white guy torching Tech's defense. Hey, look, no, I was just about to say that. White guys from the other team, the Cryer, or not Cryer, Grill was killing us from Iowa State. I was like, oh, my goodness. And McNeil is going to be no different. Actually, Taz Sherman's a beast, but I, I said we usually do a good job of minimizing the star player, and I think the more that West Virginia gets away from Taz Sherman in this game, if he starts to struggle, it will be McNeil that will, will be the one to kill us. And I, I'm, I, that's the guy I'm keeping my eye on for sure. Go ahead. Uh, it looks like, I mean, the last few games, Malik Curry, another guard, has kind of kind of stepped up and had some decent decent games for them. But, you know, I, I'm kind of wor- interested in how this team is going to show up. They got blown out at Kansas horribly. They lost a tough one to Baylor, and now they got to come to Lubbock in the morning. Not something you can really get up for. Are they Are they up for the task? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Tech on this one. I think this is a game they can easily win by like 15 or 20. I feel like West Virginia is not going to they're not going to roll over that easy. I think they're going to bury some more shots. They'll keep it interesting. But I definitely have Texas Tech by double digits. So, yeah, I mean, you you kind of hit the nail on the head for, for all of all of what you said in this game. I, McNeil's definitely the one that scares me more than anything. Curry's actually been their leading score the last two games. You kind of talked about him catching catching fire lately. Uh, but it's also been in the last two L's, those that Kansas and Baylor game. I, I question, so on one hand, I'm like, man, Bob Huggins is not going to let them lose three games in a row, right? Uh, that, but at the, on the other hand, it could also be that West Virginia is not, just not as good as the top teams in the conference. Now, they did lose to Texas earlier this year. But also that team was COVID stricken. I mean, half the team was out for COVID against Texas, and so it's you know it's it's kind of a catch twenty two a little bit with this team. Like I, I'm, I'm a part of me is if this was in Morgantown, I'd be worried because they're coming off back to back losses. Unfortunately for West Virginia, they just man the scheduling uh, the, the scheduling gods did not do them any favors having to play Kansas, Baylor, then Texas Tech on three straight weeks, and then in a few weeks they're going to be playing Baylor. Tech again and Iowa State in three straight games. So that is absolutely rough. And unfortunately, it's going to be another rough time. I got Texas Tech at home. It's, uh, dude, it, it's just this environment in Lubbock is incredible. I saw the line for the Iowa State game. I was thinking it was on a Tuesday. This game is going to be on a Saturday. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be incredible. Um, I, I don't see a, a, the, the environment is just going to be there. Protect to win this game. But I do think Huggy, Huggy is big. Huggy's going to make it tough. He's going to make it. It's not going to be a fun game because Texas Tech, West Virginia is never a fun game. So, um, so I do have tech in this game and give me, give me tech 69, 64. I, I think it'll be a little bit closer than, than we're thinking. Uh, West Virginia is too good of a team to go out like that, but 69, 64 Texas Tech with, the dub Texas Tech women have a tough matchup as well this weekend as they travel to Lawrence, Kansas to play the Kansas Jayhawks on the road, a better Kansas team, Kansas women's basketball usually isn't that good. This year's different this year. They're 11 and four. They will be a turning team. What do you give me just initial thoughts and a prediction? I mean, I think this is a team that has 
good guards, several good guards, which is not not great. However, we said this about Texas. They've got three or four really great guards and we shut them all down. So I, I really don't know what to expect from this one. I just don't with the way that they've played this year. I mean, they they're they had a really close loss to Tennessee, like number 11, Tennessee they lost by 10. Like that's, that's no joke. That's a good team. So I don't feel particularly good about this one, but every single time I say that they turn around and win. So who knows? Yeah, but Kansas hasn't lost to a bad team all year. I'm not saying we're a bad team, but I also don't think we're a good team. Um, so therefore losses, like you said, to Tennessee, it's ranked Oklahoma to ranked Baylor. And then they just lost at Kansas state, which, uh, was an was another good team. Actually, they we can't say it was ranked until Tech beat them. So it's um, Lynn Kenzie got a question: Is Kansas ranked? No, I don't believe so. Then Texas Tech's not winning this game. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how my predictions are going to go from here on out with this team. Is whether or not the opposing team is ranked or not. If they're ranked, Tech for the win. If they're unranked, ah, I don't see it. <laughs> so Kansas is not ranked currently. So I'm going, uh, I got the Jayhawks. It's, it's going to be a road game as well. Nobody likes to fly. At least flying into Lawrence is a little bit better because you're flying to Kansas City and it's like a 30-minute drive out to Lawrence. Much better than having to go to Manhattan, right? Uh, but either way, it's going to be tough sledding for the Red Raiders as they play Kansas. Well, anything else you want to say to the people, Kenzie? You know, I I just say, like I said, with this with this women's basketball program, just hold the line, be patient. The flashes are there. The coaching is there. It's going to get better. I know it's frustrating right now, but next year, I think we'll feel a little bit better. And the year after that, we'll feel a little bit better. And then maybe we'll have something going here here in a few years. So just hold the line on the women. The men are rocking. We're, we're a basketball school, baby. Oh, I, I'll say this. Hold the line on the women because they got recruits coming in. Oh, yeah. Grillick's just sitting in the foundation. I, I've compared her to Tubby to the job Tubby Smith has done uh, or did at Tech quite a bit, right? She's just laying the foundation, but it, it, it takes time, you know. And so uh, that's that's what it's going to be. Uh, but um, I mean, for the men, I've said all I can say. They're this is a really good team, really incredible, and they are a team that has been able to string some good things together. So I expect nothing less this weekend. Uh, so for our producer extraordinaire in the background, that is Dylan Smythe. And our women's expert, that is Kenzie Garcia. This is Albie Shore. And you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people.